wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships, join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. holding you back from experiencing a respectful, pleasurable birth? Take a minute to consider your answer. I hope you're saying nothing. I'm ready. I'm positively preparing for birth. But I know for some, it takes time to consider all that's possible in birth as our cultures often cast shame and disrespect sometimes around women's bodies and sexuality. And combining birth and sex, ooh, that can take a lot of unpacking. And it's often holding people back from believing birth can be full of love, joy, and pleasure. I'm here today to dispel four myths about orgasmic birth that I hear all the time. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. So what is myth one? One thing I'm constantly hearing is birth is only painful. Oh my goodness. That is such a myth. That's all that there is. First of all, let's just think about birth for a minute and really understand that Let's say your labor takes eight hours, 12 hours, 24 hours. A lot of people think about like that's just one gigantic Charlie horse, that the uterus is just one big kind of contraction. Not at all. It's a series of kind of energy surges, I like to say. They're your personal power surges, reframing contractions into something more positive and understanding that they come and they go. They come and they go. We often think of them like waves, right? They come and they have a break and then they come again. And so in early labor, right, those surges can be five to eight or 10 minutes apart and only lasting 30 seconds. So in the earliest stage, you can often rest if it's in the middle of the night. If it's daytime, you can walk and talk through them. And really for 30 seconds, even 45 seconds, they don't take so much focus usually. You have more of a break than a surge. As you get into active labor, they tend to come every three to five minutes apart, lasting a good minute. So again, every minute you have some hard work. You have the work of releasing and opening your body to birth. But you have three to five minutes that you feel like you feel right now, right? So you can eat and drink and dance. Resting as much as possible in between them is really important. And then that transition, that hardest part of labor, that getting from eight to fully dilated where the sensations now are coming sometimes every one to two minutes and they're lasting a minute and a half each. 
that's where it's a lot of work. But I work with lots of people that pain is not their descriptor. It might be hard. It might be challenging. It might be intense. But when you're positively prepared for birth and you're moving and you're listening to your body and your baby and you have a doula and your partner and you're loving through labor and hot and cold compresses and acupressure, maybe TENS units the transcutaneous electric nerve stimulation, using water, showers, tubs. If you've been listening to past episodes of our Orgasmic Birth podcast, we've been carrying talking about all these ways that we can bring comfort and pleasure to birth. So lots of people get fully dilated without experiencing a real intense pain. Now, even when it is described at pain, I want you to know that there's pain that's manageable and clearly no one should suffer in childbirth. And if pain becomes suffering, then using nitrous oxide, laughing gas, and epidural and other things can really help. But I want you to know that a lot of our current practices cause pain when there are strangers coming in and out and you don't feel private and safe, when you're being told that the only thing you have for comfort is a bed. And we know that laying back in a bed, and we've talked about this, actually makes longer, harder labors, and that increases your pain. So having balls and peanut balls and cubs, and I talked about these even demoed them if you jump over to my YouTube, there's just so many ways we can find comfort. So when you're getting the message that pain is the only thing in childbirth, I want you to write down at least 10 things that you can bring with you or that are present in your birthing space for comfort and pleasure. And remember, self-pleasuring, as we've been learning about the role of the clitoris in labor and birth, can be another great way because when you're feeling pleasure, you are not feeling pain. So literally taking some things into your own hands can enhance the experience. So know that even second stage, when people are easing or gently birthing their baby into the world, for many people, this is satisfying or this is where intense pleasure comes. And we know from all that we're learning about the clitoris's role in labor, that again, having freedom of movement, listening to your body, moving where you need to move, and particularly most people choose positions that are slightly leaning forward. And this is going to put more pressure of the baby's head into that clitoral complex, into the vagina, and that's designed to produce even more oxytocin in your brain, which is going to give you pain relief and feel good and loop back down to the oxytocin receptors in your uterus, creating more force, but more ease to birth your baby. So that stand and deliver, don't take it lying down. That's also going to create more comfort. So this message, birth is only painful, really examine. And when you hear stories, find out were people in environments that they were encouraged to listen to their body and their baby, to move and really put music on and aromatherapy and have water and have the full range of comfort measures available because that's what we need to move pain to power with pleasure. 
Myth number two is that people that have past trauma cannot find pleasure in childbirth. And I really want to say that's a myth, but it is one that has to be carefully prepared for. I'm listening to a book by Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Perry right now, and they're doing such a great job of talking about what happened to you, not what's wrong with you, but that 50% or more of people have past trauma. And pregnancy is such a time that as you're ready to grow and growing this new life within you, to think about what those traumas are. Do you have intergenerational trauma? Is there trauma in your family? Have you experienced trauma? There's such a ripe time. And we've had several discussions on past podcasts and many more to come on healing trauma and what an important role that is in preparing for birth so that we don't pass along those traumas. Because birth is the time that I have worked with many survivors of sexual abuse, domestic violence, emotional abuse, other past traumas. When you are prepared, when and that includes having a good team. You want to have a midwife or a doctor that really understand your history, that are taking the time to listen, to respect and honor you, and that are really aware of what would be triggering for you and the kind of words and care and support that you desire. Because when the people are there that can truly respect, honor, and love you through labor, when they understand your preferences and desires, and you've done some healing work. Birth for many people is a total reclaiming. If you've watched our documentary, Orgasmic Birth, Helen is a survivor of sexual abuse, and she tells a beautiful story of reclaiming her body in that time of birth, of really feeling honored, of really being able to step in. She says, this wise woman just entered my body and knew how to birth my baby. And it's when you feel that safe, when you feel respected and honored, Birth is a healing opportunity. And I think as a society, this has been a tragedy that we've lost. Instead of realizing the power of birth for healing, and even if you're not a survivor, the power of birth to just stand in your power, right? To find strengths inside of yourself that you never knew you had, to have this inner wisdom that just flows through you in birth awaken. It's a time to help every woman, every person that's giving birth in their family to celebrate this incredible rite of passage of bringing life into the world with their strength and joy. And instead, we know for many people that are survivors, our disrespectful care, strangers coming in, using words that aren't sensitive to your own situation, re-traumatize people. So instead of having an orgasmic birth, they're having a traumatic birth. And even for people that are not survivors, birth trauma is on the rise. So truly, this myth has to be busted 
but it has to be busted for providers and for everyone. And it's why if you're pregnant and you're listening today, or you know someone that's pregnant, or you're a doula or a midwife or a nurse, we all must come together and help every woman that's preparing for birth to do it in her way, to be heard, to be seen, and to create safe environments so birth can be the fullest for every person. So my third myth is an orgasmic birth always includes an orgasm. Now, I wish I could see you right now or hear your voice. How many of you, when you first heard orgasmic birth, you put orgasmic birth together and in your mind, it said orgasm. And I like hear that all the time. But no, you know, orgasmic is a heightened physical or emotional response. It can include orgasm, but it doesn't have to. And you've heard me talk, go back even to episode one, when I talk all about my journey and orgasmic birth. Orgasmic birth for me and for Elizabeth Davis, the co-author of our book, Orgasmic Birth, is really a person that gives birth in their own power, in their own way, like I described, finding your team, being honored and respected, being a part of decision-making. And it is broad enough to include the people that have birthgasms, because yes, birthgasms are happening a lot more than you think. That is the best kept secret, because so many people that do have an orgasm in labor or birth don't tell anyone. They don't tell their partner. They don't tell their sister. They don't tell their birth best friend, because they bear it with some shame that our culture has this thing that kind of Madonna whore thing that now that you're a mother, becoming a mother, good girls don't have sex or don't talk about sex or certainly can experience pleasure in birth. So we've got to bust this myth that birth is a part of a person's sexual life, right? Birth includes all our sexual organs. The baby comes down through the cervix, which can have orgasms through the vagina with the clitoral complex all embedded there into the pelvic floor through the vulva. All those tissues are stimulated and those many 8,000, now they're even saying maybe 12,000 nerve endings of the clitoris are there. So there are all levels of pleasure that can be experienced in these moments. And some people will have orgasm. Please as I always have to say this, that birthgasm, an orgasm in childbirth should not be a performance standard. Don't put that on your birth preferences or wishes or desires. We have enough pressure in birth. We don't need to add more to it. But should it happen or should you decide to do a little self-stimulation, self-pleasuring, or use a vibrator, or have your partner touch you in ways that are a turn-on. And certainly words are turns-on. You know, what are words that you want to hear that are going to love you through labor and get that loving feeling going? So you want to really think of all the ways you can address that orgasmic birth could be for you. And the first way is pause if you're listening now and have something to write on write your own definition of orgasmic birth. It's don't let anybody put upon you what birth should be. You should claim it for yourself. So if you define orgasmic birth and it's broad enough for whatever feels safe for you, then every person can have an orgasmic birth. 
My next myth is that orgasmic birth is not possible in all settings or all situations. Bust that one out. Certainly, orgasmic birth is more achievable for people that are birthing in an environment that they feel incredibly safe, respected, and private in. And for many people, that's their own home. That's a birth center. That's a birth center in a hospital. Certainly, we know that midwives as caregivers are more tuned into often the intimacy of birth, creating more space for privacy, encouraging people to get their own oxytocin flowing. But I've met many great doctors, their MD stands for midwife in disguise, that are also really coming on board with making sure that the intimacy of birth, that birth is physical, emotional, soul-stirring, sacred, sensual, is all included and respected and honored. So definitely check with your providers, have deep conversations about your desire for orgasmic birth. Talk about the things you might be doing. If you want moments for intimacy, for self-pleasure, for a vibrator, if you don't feel safe talking to your caregiver about that in pregnancy, then, wow, that's a warning sign. That's going to be then really hard for you in labor. What is holding you back? And if your provider doesn't want to have that discussion, that's another big red flag that maybe you're choosing the wrong place. And, you know, people say all the time, for my first baby, I'm going to do this. Next time I'll shift. But each birth deserves for you to have the fullness of the experience, to feel safe, to feel honored, to come away with great joy. Don't wait till next time. Really find the right place with the right team and put everything into place because you can have an orgasmic birth anywhere. Now, some people say, okay, I hear you. I hear you saying, what about if birth asks more and we need more interventions? We need an epidural or maybe for our baby's safety, we need a cesarean birth. Yes, you're not going to experience the same type of pleasure, but remember, they're still here. We often say when these lips are smiling, a great midwife, Yeshi Badan Kita, she's a famous Indonesian midwife that joins us a lot at Eat, Pray, Doula when we teach our retreats in Bali. She said when these lips are smiling, the other lips, right? The vaginal lips there, the vulva are smiling too. And so even if we don't have sensation there or we're birthing with a belly birth, we can still be loving. Partners can still be whispering things. We can have the music that brings us into sacred space, sensual space, whatever that is. And I've been with many people where their birth took a different path for their baby's safety, but we were able to still think of all the ways that we could bring oxytocin and love and experience the joy, the intimacy, and the incredible power of birth. So no, you really do need to take time to look at birth in each situation and say, should that happen? What are ways we can love ourselves through labor? Love yourself, love your baby, 
And for partners listening, you should be making a list too. What are your oxytocin enhancers? Places you can touch and kiss and words to say, music to play. There are so many beautiful ways that I hear partners create like their secret little love through labor kit and songs and things and surprise people in labor in any situation. So know that orgasmic birth is possible for every person everywhere. So I hope those myth busters helped you a little bit to reframe what you're thinking about orgasmic birth, but in all of them, it takes preparation. So I hope that you're listening to our podcast and we're filling you with new thoughts, things to explore, go deeper for yourself. And if you'd like more, Join our pleasurable birth essentials. I'm happy to guide you in our online childbirth class, taking you deeper in how to move from pain to power with pleasure. I also offer private coaching and doula workshops. Some training doulas all over the world. And we're talking about all the ways that we can bring comfort and pleasure and hold space for every person to be seen, heard, and respected. So thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. And wherever you are, I wish you at least one pleasure today. And I always say when you're preparing for birth, make sure you do three to five pleasures a day. Start getting that pleasure flowing. Look forward to talking with you next time. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.